HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn, New American Cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. How cool is that? Hello and welcome to What Doesn't Kill You. This is Katie Kiefer, your host. <laughs> and uh, that was a didgeridoo, for those of you who've never heard one before. Um, and I'm playing that in honor of my guest today. Uh, we'll be talking to Ken Tuong today, who is has been the executive director of the University of Massachusetts at Amherst Auxiliary Enterprises for the past 15 years. So Auxiliary Enterprises is the umbrella for UMass Dining. It's the nation's largest campus dining operation with over 17,000 students on various meal plans and $83 million in annual revenue. UMass Dining services over 45,000 meals per day, including 15 world cuisines. Ken is, and I say this with complete, uh, you know, with absolute sincerity, not only is it on his bio, but I totally believe it. Uh, Ken is a visionary for food service sustainability, health, and wellness. US Ma- uh, UMass Dining was the first large public university to join Seafood Watch, and more recently, it signed the Real Food Campus Commitment 2013 and pledged to buy at least 20% real food annually by 2020. We'll have to ask what real food is as opposed to fish. Ken is the founder of the annual Tastes of the World Chef Culinary Conference hosted at UMass uh, Amherst now in its 20th consecutive year. And UMass Dining has received many national awards for its innovative and quality programs, such as the White House Campus Champions of Change Award in 2012. And the Princeton Review placed UMass Dining in the top three position as the best campus food program in the nation for 2013 and 2014. And in 2012, Food Service Director Magazine named Ken Tuong to its inaugural list of the 20 most influential people and organizations having an impact on non-commercial food service industry. In 2013, the International Food Service Manufacturers Association awarded Ken as one of the recipients of the 2013 Silver Plate Awards, which recognizes excellence in eight segments of food service operations. Welcome to the program, Ken. Uh, I don't usually give people such a long intro and bio, but God, your accomplishments are so extraordinary. Um, that I just had to like, I didn't even cover the whole of it. 
did, am I right? There's uh, more. So, uh, Katie, it's a pleasure to be here and also a pleasure to be able to talk to you again and also share some of the things we've done at UMass. Absolutely. So, um, first of all, tell us about the UMass Food Services, which, I, full disclosure, my daughter is a student at UMass. Uh, Ken and I met in the most completely serendipitous way, which was that the two of us were part of a group of chefs who and food service operators who went over to Australia uh, under the auspices of the Meat and Livestock Association for Australia, and we toured all these fabulous ranches and facilities, and uh, Ken and I connected of course, immediately, um, <clears throat> because he is the guru. And, um, and lo and behold, my kid was about to matriculate into UMass. So, you know, it's a, it's a match made in heaven. So give us the full skinny on UMass Food Service and what you offer there, because it really was, it's not college dining the way any of us, certainly in my generation, remember. Yes, I think, um, should I say fair to say that campus dining is what, not what it used to be. I guess it's uh, we're all getting better. I remember um, when I graduated, you know, twenty some years ago, you know, and I go to you know one stations and one small salad bars, and never have vegetarian or vegans. And I think we are more or less like a, many ways like a fine dining. Fine dining, maybe somebody said we are more or less like a casino dining without game and without games and so on without gaming. Right. But I think the major difference is uh, I think. Um, uh, most of us, you know, in campus dining uh, uh, industry, is very committed to uh, uh, three things. One is uh, sustainability. Second one is healthy eating, and third one is uh, um, is delicious food. Yeah. I think that you know we are very lucky, you know, uh, for Yuma Dining. You know, we are just like city here. We're serving so many 45,000 meals a day. And the challenge for us is how can we uh, ensure every meal is consistent, uh, not only good, you know, healthy and, and, and delicious, and then uh, we, uh, we operate you know, all the uh, food service components on campus, including uh, for all you care to eat, what we call dining commons, the student called DC, you know, and then mm-hmm. we also have 20-some retail locations. We have right. a restaurant. We have two food trucks, and then uh, and, and I'll take a concessions, and also to, um, our operations are long, you know, um, what we call continuous dining, continuous is from 7 o'clock in the morning until uh, midnight in most locations. And then we also have our retail location open until 3 a.m., plus we have food truck. Uh, open until 4 a.m. So we give the students uh, lots of choices, but our goal is how can make sure that, you know, we both provide that healthy, sustainable, and delicious food. And then um, that's why I told my, my, um, um, my managers, my staff is, you know, and then uh, we also like to do that because of size and the reputations and, and then and also some of our sustainable program. We want to be the forefront of the, of the, uh, for campus dinings. And then right. um, that's important to us. And that's also important to students and, of course, important to parents as well. And I always say to uh, my uh, staff, you know, and the parents, that we look at the students, it's a, it's a customer and parents, uh, they're bankers because uh, <laughs> it's not cheap to go to school nowadays, right? That's right. Horrible. Although UMass, to be fair, uh, compared to, I mean, it's a state university and compared to private universities that, of course, like every other parent we looked at, um, you know, I just, there is no... 
a bachelor's of art degree that is worth a quarter of a million dollars in my book. I'm sorry, just ain't happening. So, you know. <laughs> so we need to provide the extra value. Yeah. To entice, you know, uh, top students to uh, come to UMass because uh, yeah. we believe that a great time program can do three things. One is to help university to attract top students. Right. And second thing is to, um, very important uh, to us is to, to enrich the quality of life, you know, uh, uh, when they are students, you know, um, on campus. Mm-hmm. And then last one, too, is if you do well, you know, you can also help to contribute to the financial uh, integrities, you know, of the of the uh, of the university, and and also that too is, is I should point out that you, you know we are we are part of the state, we're self-supporting, yeah. uh, we generate our own revenues, and then we are non-profit, but also in the meantime, you know, I need to make sure that. And I can pay the bill, you know, but yeah. while, you know, support the thing we want to do uh, for the for the our customers. Absolutely. So when you started, you've been at UMass for 15 years. And when you started there, what, you know, what was the food service like? Was there, was your predecessor sort of equally interested in uh, the sustainability issues and the locavorism that you practice? Because, I mean, honestly, to me, those are kind of new concepts, particularly for institutional dining. And, um, you know, I'm wondering, like, where did you start? Did you start with, like, the Cisco truck and, you know, the usual dump out a can into a, into a hot... <laughs> into a hotel pan and light the chafer and let it rip? Yeah, I, I think uh, almost. But um, I think when I started 15 years ago, I think that program was, I think was very basic, mm-hmm. very much institutional. Yeah. And it's very much a typical of a campus dining at that time, I think, um, because we opened and closed, you know, in terms of the, our operations. Oh. And, and then we may perhaps we should be... Uh, Listen to more, you know, the student input, and also, you know, uh, when you open and close, essentially, you know, it's big lineup during the uh, the meal periods, and then uh, we continue change. We will listen to the students' input, and also in the meantime, though, is I think um, we believe that uh, we are more than a business of just uh, serving good food and nutritious food, also, and the business of the, uh, educating our students as well. I think at those Days probably uh, not very exciting, should I say that? Yeah, but uh, time may change. You know, we <laughs> we all change as well. And then I think the, um, I remember so, you know when I joined the twenty five years ago. You know, we never heard of too much about vegans. You know, oh, of course not. And and then now you know it's kind of a vegetarian, gluten free, it's all part of the, of the uh, everyday life. You know. And then, yeah, I think students really want to know. Yeah, especially I call it millennial diner. Yeah. And they are they're very much, you know, they want uh, the food taste good. You know, they also want uh, uh, good for them. In the meantime, you know, they always uh, they also want us to work with them to make the world a better place. I think that's important to us. And that's about ten years ago. We. We uh, uh, we do our missions. We we find uh, 
uh, we define our mission statement mm-hmm. and and put everything we do, you know, right to healthy and flavorful uh, meals, and also make sure we serve in sustainable and environmentally conscious manner. This is our mission statement. That's what we try to do every day. Yeah, it's it's really. I mean, I can't state enough like how impressed I was when I um, saw the operation, both when we toured the school before I met you, and then when you and your staff took my daughter and myself on a lovely tour of the you know of the of the big. Um, I think it's the Hampshire Commons that's so close to right. her. And then you just completed the renovation of Lincoln Commons, which is kind of going to be kind of a similar situation where you have multiple stations offering many different ethnic cuisines, as well as the vegan option, the gluten-free option, the, you know, the vegetarian option. I mean, it was just, it was incredible and everything just so delicious. Um, so when you say, um, like, so you're saying that you your the evolution of your own thinking about food service was kind of evolved by the input of your students. Is that what you're saying? That like yeah, listening think, uh, to your students, uh, you were like, "Oh, I, this is what they want." Yeah, I think uh, several things. All let me share with you my background. Now, I was grew up in in Hong Kong, you know, born and raised, and then uh, and I graduated from university. I worked for um, a banking, and also worked for. Uh, a large uh, uh, party company, and then uh, and, and then I moved to uh, moved to uh, Massachusetts, and I live in a um, uh, uh, small small town surrounded by uh, f- uh, family farming, oh. and then uh, and also you know, uh, which I like about UMass is too is. Uh, 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 we deal with uh, the students every day, and then we listen to them, and then we learn from them. And also, um, I believe, though, you know, since with our size, you know, yeah. and, and our volume, I think it's, uh, we have a responsibility, you know, to, you know, provide you know, uh, healthy, sustainable food for our students, and, uh, and also the right thing to do. And then, uh, and also attend uh, lots of the conferences, you know, they talk about yeah. issues like the climate change, and we know that, you know, it's, you know, we can play a role. And also, while well, I was that I have that competitive, you know, uh, uh, spirit, you know. Yes, I can tell you have that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working with that, but I like to be. I like to be uh, not only the biggest. Can we be uh, the best yeah. way to serve our students? Yeah. And then I, you know, we're different between us in a restaurant. You know, is we serve the same students several times, so customers several times a day. Right. And and then the food has to be exciting. The food has to be good. The food has to be healthy. Right. And otherwise, you know, we get complain, and then we try to build the experience, uh, one meal uh, at a time. And then, yes, definitely, we have a um, uh, pretty comprehensive uh, uh, program in place in Yuma. We call student ambassadors. Right. And then um, they about uh, 30 of them, and they're more like, like um in, in third percent or forty percent time, they're mystery shoppers, you know. Right. And in the other six percent time, we ask them to get input from the students and uh, find out what they want. And then I think important for us not only listen to them is make sure we take actions, make sure we do something about it. And then I always say that uh, success of uh, uh, dining really a lot to do with student input. Yeah. And also, uh, we we well, no, we have a. Uh, uh, we build a culture now after 15 years, and we need to continue enhance the, the program. We, we're never satisfied. 
I guess it's my my business school uh, training. But in the meantime, right. though, is uh, food has changed, you know, and for the last uh, uh, 10 to 15 years, and it will continue to change. And that's why we love that because it's very exciting, very dynamic environments. Well, you have some you know, terrific um, chefs working with you. Uh, I forget the name of the guy that you introduced me to, Billy Bra. What was his name? Bill? It was a BB guy. I forget. It doesn't um, matter. But he was obviously, he was very impressive. I mean, he'd gone to CIA, I think you told me. And he was, you know, had worked in restaurants. And here he is, you know, in institutional dining, which I think a lot of chefs come out of culinary school and think, oh, ho-hum, like that's sort of your last resort. But when you have a program like the one that you're uh, running, Ken, I would see that as a really attractive option uh, were I coming out of culinary school to be working with somebody yeah. like you. You know, and to have the opportunity to do the kind of programs that you're running, they're amazing. Well, thank you. You know, you're we welcome. do uh, use a lot of guest chef uh, from the yeah. restaurant. You know, guest chef like John Ash, guest chef like uh, My Farm, guest chef As On, guest chef. Even use a lot of guest chef from um, other college university as well. And then we know that we're going to do it along. And we usually use some uh, guest chef local as well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, the whole idea is. Um, uh, even then we use ketchup on manufacturers and then to use the resources and also we know that you know we can learn from others right. and then uh, I think that's what maybe give us a, a little bit competitive advantage and then uh, I think at the end of the day I believe that uh, it's important to us to build connections, and then uh, we're using some of the guest chefs, you know, that uh, have a restaurant very successful uh, before, and then uh, and also help us to give some of those recipes in uh-huh. terms of, uh, you, know, we are, you know, we want to make a more greener dining. We want to make it, uh, uh, the food more healthier. And some of the accomplished chefs, they, they have done this for, for a while now, you know. Right. And then, yes, you know, we are, we are pretty big, but one thing we have changed is the, we 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 pretty culture about you know more just in time smaller batches and then right. uh, and I think uh, so all this um, uh, recipe you know whether from the large volume or from the, from the, uh, restaurants and other school can really apply to us and, and I think um, uh, maybe that's biggest uh, successful we want to constantly. Uh, M&A and learn from the successful, you know, uh, company or successful uh, schools and also chefs as well. Sure. Well, we're going to talk about that a la minute preparation that you do in a in a couple of minutes. But I wanted to ask you something that I read in your um, in your bio that says uh, that you that UMass has pledged to buy at least twenty percent real food annually by twenty twenty. I don't know what you mean by real food. Why do you say that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> Because I saw uh, nothing yeah, but real, real food. food. Yeah, what real food, right? <laughs> um, real food actually is an organization called Real Food Challenge. Oh. It's a national organization, and they, what they've done is uh, they leverage the power of the, our students, you know, and make sure university, you know, like ours and uh, across the nation to to create more healthier, fair, and green food system. Uh-huh. What they do is uh, they have to. Uh, uh, what it calls willful calculator. Uh-huh. Willful calculator is um, has four criteria, and they talk about you know uh, very important about is uh, animal welfare. Right. They talk about uh, fair wages, fair trade. They yep. also uh, talk about ecological uh, sound. They talk about social responsibility. If any of that can uh, food we purchase meet one of the 
criteria will be real food. And give you a good example is uh, example is like a chicken. You know, yep. in order for us to uh, to to be uh, become part of the real food calculator. Uh, chicken should be local, should be free range, you know, even better is organic, you know. Yep. So we, we, we commit ourselves that is by the year 2020, 10, 20% of the food that we purchase um, uh, from the, our student will be real food. You know, currently we're doing a little over 10%, and then our goal is can we beat, uh, achieve that 20% before 2020. Right. It's not that easy because um, we buy the currently about uh, a little over 25 million dollars a year, right. and then um, um, the challenge for definitely is the whether logo can be our our, our volume in, in in such a small thing like a chicken, you know we yeah. uh, we want uh, fifty uh, whole chicken, you know uh, every day, you know to start off, yeah. and then uh, we're able to uh, not not uh, able to solve it locally, but we have to. Uh, get it from Vermont. Uh, even from uh, Vermont, we cannot get all chicken from UMass. Right. So our goal is is a gradual approach and and then to, uh, make it happens. And I think um, also too is um, um, the cost. You know, like uh, sure. we buy now for the chickens. You know, for the should I call commercial chicken or conventional yeah. chickens about. Two two dollars something a pound. The other one about seven nine nine pound. Yeah. But we committed to do it. So, but we do it gradually. We don't want to. We want to be sustainable. We don't want to uh, uh, bankrupt the uh, the, the program, university. But yet, right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, right. The program. Yeah. You guys are self sustaining. Listen, Ken. We're going to yeah. take a short break. We're going to come right back after this sponsor drop. But we're going to talk a little bit about your impact, the impact of your buying program on local agriculture, and also the sort of question of scale and how do you bring scale up locally, uh, you know, sort of so in a way that's, that works for everybody. So uh, stay tuned for more with uh, Ken Twonk from University, University of Massachusetts Dining, and uh, we'll be right back. The following program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential small hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. We are back. This is What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights. I'm your host, Katie Kiefer. We're broadcasting from the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Um, and on the line with me is Ken Tuong, who is the um, food service director for University of Mass Massachusetts Campus Dining. He serves uh, 45,000 meals a day, not personally, obviously, um, and runs one of the most uh, innovative and progressive food programs in the country that is non-commercial institutional dining. Um, so, Ken, let's 
let's go back to this idea of scale. Like you were just mentioning before the break about um, the difficulty of, for instance, sourcing chickens locally. You need at least 50 chickens a day, um, you know, and you haven't found a, a purveyor who is within the sort of tri-state area from which you can make that, uh, get that commitment uh, to scale. And so um, how, how, do you, how do you feel like you could grow that um, economy or grow that agricultural sector in your area in order to reach that goal or any of the other products that you buy locally? I'm sure you've had a huge impact on uh, local economics. Yes, uh, Katie. Um, present, we spent you know a little over you know uh, two million dollars uh, support local industry, and then a little bit over out oh, that two million about millions and more as, as a produce. Go back chicken a little bit here. You know, I was pretty naive. I said, Massachusetts. You know, we have uh, eight millions uh, or more population in the state. You yeah. know, I just want when we defined uh, local. You know, we we start off. You know. Uh, within uh, uh, locally, within 50 miles beyond, uh, and then go next to the to the, to the state, to the New England, and so on. Right. And I, we could not find 50 chickens. You know, just go within 50 miles of Massachusetts that supplies every day. You know, just right. whole chicken. And then we able to uh, uh, saw, uh, uh, find a uh, source uh, uh, in the Vermont. There's a farm that supplies you know 50 chickens. And, and, and more, and then so what we need to do is uh, we what we had uh, done so far is uh, look into uh, how can we create this model. Okay, start out with fifty chicken, you know, and then uh, next can we buy more than fifty chickens, and then we talk to the to the farmers, and then um, have some uh, commit with them, you know, can, you know, and then work with them to expand uh, uh, the supply, and also you know, as a, as a state school, we also. Uh, make sure they have uh, uh, insurance covers, and we, sure. we also uh, talk to our, our prime vendors, you know, uh, and ask them, to, you know, to take on the, uh, the tissue building for us. And then it's, um, it's I don't think it's, a, it's, it's not, a, it's, a, it's a process. It will take time to make happen, but so far, we we, we find the farmers uh, uh, and, and the growers can uh, supply you know the chicken for us. And next thing is you know we work with them. Uh, can we uh, supply more than 50 chickens? And also, to, um, uh, can they do some processing for uh, for us as well? Mm-hmm. And some of farmer told us that we want to expand. You know, uh, uh, the, uh, the operation. You know, make sure, you know, and can we come to buy more? So we help them to grow together, and we also really lucky that we able to uh, get a grant from Candle Foundations, you know, and cool. able to um, uh, help us on transition uh, costs. In the meantime, we want to create this model when there's more uh, uh, demand uh, from uh, operators and there will be more supply come on board, the price will, will drop. You know? Right. So it's a process. It's uh, going uh, uh, pretty quickly because uh, this morning we're meeting that we have timelines, you know, we're going to accomplish certain things. Cool. You know? uh, 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 we're supporting the, uh, the Wheel Food Commitment and at the same time supporting the New England food system. I think uh, that's what we want, and given the climate change we talked about the other day, now, you know, we have lots of water here. The water getting warmer, maybe the growing season can be longer as well. We start to uh, start off last year some contract farming with uh, with uh, our uh, farm in this area. Uh-huh. Can they uh, plant, you know, tomato for us? Can they plant lettuce for us? In this area, you know, we have the sure. 
southern farming are uh, um, uh, more geared to the tobacco leaves. And now the farmers, uh, Joe, come in and talk to us, and then we said, "Well, let's uh, plant the lettuce for us," you know. And then, uh, so the more, and then we also look at the, some of the value, at the product like honeys, uh, maple syrup, and also we look at uh, uh, item like can we freeze some of the vegetable, you know, some of the. Uh, even uh, blueberry and strawberry, and sure. then um, this year we have some corn that we, we about ten thousand pound we we freeze them, and uh, so then we can use it, you know, for the when winter time. That we try to do here. Right, amazing. I mean, it just it speaks to like uh, an operation like yours where you can actually, you know, first of all dictate what you want. You know, say to X number of farmers, you know, here's what we want you to grow. Here is how we want you to grow it. Um, and then you guys participate in helping them find the distribution system or the production facilities that they need to package and and, and send it to you. Um, you know, it's like it's a beautiful synergy and it's something that it's it's like re-regionalizing um, the the uh, the grocery system, essentially, or, or the, you know, the economic agricultural system so that that. Farmers who have often just their only outlet is is a farmer's market. Now suddenly they have a very large institutional buyer, and then so that leads me to my next question, which I didn't prepare you for. But um, what are the chances that you would work together with other universities in order to say uh, have somebody who is producing, you know, not fifty chickens a day for just UMass, but maybe one hundred and fifty chickens a day, which are spread out with UMass, with uh, you know Worcester College, with you know all the, all the or the five schools right there. I mean, your five sister schools right? Smith College, Mount Holyoke, Hampshire, UMass, and Amherst. Do you collaborate ever with them on buying programs? Yes. Uh, great question, actually. We're working closely with uh, five colleges, Smith, Mount Holyoke, Amherst, and Hampshire College, and uh, combine some of the uh, pushing power together. Right. And we also work with uh, uh, Yale University, you know, the director there, Rafi, is very uh, progressive as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, you know, we can't do it alone. You know, we want to, and a good thing about, you know, uh, campus dining, you know, is uh, we work closer together. We don't compete, you know. Right. Yes, maybe we compete from uh, on top student, but we, we try to work together, raise a bar, and we all belong to this um, association called NACOP, uh, National Association of College and University. Uh-huh. And, yeah, we're constantly looking for, you know, we, we met with the local the five college uh, once a month with directors and talk about, you know, hey, there's a, there's a supplier that we can supply you know, the yoga, you know, right. uh, look at that, you know. And then, to, yeah, we do a lot of collaborations. And also I think the farmer appreciate that sometimes uh, they want to be asked and then uh, and, and often as said, uh, uh, take away the myth of buying local uh, is, uh, produce, for example, is, is more expensive. It's not the case because uh, we do lots of comparisons, you know, mm-hmm. and then we buy direct uh, from the farmers, you know, and you took away the middleman. Many, right. many times we look at the top of the item, the price is even lower or very competitive to what we buy from uh, far away. Right. So, so I think this myth has to be has to be uh, has to be uh, uh, point out. But in the meantime, though, is the more uh, institution, the more school like ours, including hospital, the yeah. more uh, farmer will will produce, and there will more farming uh, uh, dedicated to grow vegetable, and then also uh, also meat for us. And yeah. then I think just like a, a cycle here, and then. Um, 
hopefully, you know, with the intuition because of of, uh, of the size and the volumes, you know, together we can really, you know, uh, really change um, the agricultural more, picture. More young people back to farming. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, I'm thrilled by this. I think that you know, you having campuses like yours. Um, and the five colleges and other, you know, large uh, state universities. I wonder if this, if the state university new system of New York is is doing anything similar to this. Um, <clears throat> but and actually, that is a question. Like what? Like when you talk about, um, you know, buying the way that you do. What What are the biggest challenges to that? Is that is it is it the 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 cost factor? You know, until you get the scale up, you don't have. Uh, the ability to pay for it, because um, you were saying earlier that a chicken in a supermarket, you know, like off a of Cisco broadline distributor truck, you know, like your basic chicken is what two dollars a pound versus six or seven dollars a pound if you're buying it from a farmer, just because the real costs of raising chickens on a smaller scale than Purdue or Tyson are truly that that price. Um, but then there's also the problems of infrastructure in the, tor- in the, in terms of like production facilities and, and distribution, um, cycles and, and, and warehouses and so forth. So you, you guys, if all of you guys band together, you're able to like guarantee to a farmer in a way, a contract, right? You can say, dude, I am going to be buying from you 50 chickens a day for the next, you know, 10 years. So therefore you can go out and get a loan and build yourself a giant chicken house. If you want, you know, become the next Don Tyson. <laughs> well, yeah. well, we hope not. Uh, but I, I mean, you know what I'm yeah. saying, right? And then you're right, going right. to and you're going to grow it to my specs because I'm the big Kahuna here. That's what I think mm-hmm. is so cool, is that you can dictate yeah. the the things, but you're also giving people an opportunity. Um, are you guys uh, helping out? Do you have like the ability to help them develop a distribution network, for instance, like with your five colleges? Do you guys mm-hmm. distribute, uh, you know, together? Yeah, yeah. I think what we've done here is um, uh, what you mentioned earlier. You know, this is all uh, all correct. Uh, we have a we're lucky too. Is we have a uh, a farmer from their own uh, pasture with another fifteen to sixteen farmers. They they farm their own little hub. You know, and uh-huh. that uh. farmer Joe and Joe act act as a as a, a, a middleman. You know, not really right. middleman, a broker for others. Right. And then yeah, and we. And we Work together. I think that will happen because um, um, one thing is that you know uh, many school hours, and and then uh, is they don't want to see uh, twenty farmers come to a loading dock, and right. and then they want kind of more centralized. But I think we have pockets of excellence everywhere. I know some school in uh, New York. Uh, uh, are uh, doing that, you know, the state system and mm-hmm. the SUNY system. And That's then, what I was wondering. Uh, but, but, but we need to tell the story better and also share some of our practice and then so that right. we make it, you know, so that we do not have to duplicate some of our things we do already. Yeah. And then and then something is cost. You know, I think the, we know that the cost buying uh, local produce is not uh, much more expensive. I mean, in fact, it's lower. But the cost of buying local proteins whether beef or, or, or pork, you know, or even lamb, are definitely a little more expensive, you know, about uh, yeah. 30 to 40% more. That's a and lot. Then, then, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a, a deal breaker, right? I mean, that's why you were interested in the Australian beef, because, you know, when all was said and done, it was raised to specs that you admired. Um, so it was something you would consider, but, uh, you know, it was most definitely not local, right? Mm-hmm. 
Right. It's just, that's, I mean, yeah, some things just stuff. don't work in New England. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and I think the cost definitely is a, is a factor we need to address. But one, you know, because of that, thirty-four um, percent uh, can be phenomenal. But mm-hmm. one thing, uh, uh, we start at uh, at uh, at the small batches. But more important thing, though, is um, we talk about later is how we reap the saving for cut down the food waste and and. Uh, put towards the, the, the food. Right. In the meantime, we believe that when there's more supply, uh, uh, more demand, and with more supply, and then make uh, uh, our, uh, our farmers more efficient. And, and then one thing I fall in love in Australia is those uh, grass-fed beef, yeah. 100%, you know, yeah. never went to the feedlot. And also, to, uh, even they're half a world away, but the cost is... Uh, very competitive, and then not right. much more than conventional. And then, uh, on the other hand, I look at um, uh, some of the grass-fed beef, you know, from uh, Missouri and, and other states. It's, it's a lot more. Yeah. And then, um, definitely, we know there's efficiency models. And at the end of the day, you know, our students really want to uh, uh, know where food comes from. They put the face of the farmers, whether yeah. there's ranchers, where, you know, where there's a vegetable where they come from and also take care of those uh, 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 the animal welfares and also take care of animal and also less uh, hormone, less uh, antibiotics. Right. And they want food more natural, you know. Susan keep on telling us, this, please serve us more fresher, less processed food. Right. And, Amazing. Uh, and, and we even you several times a day, you know, and then that's what we try to provide to students. Yeah. Now you brought up something that um, I want to spend at least the last five minutes of this program on, and that's college waste. I mean, you know, food waste in general. Food waste in this country is about forty percent. Forty percent of the food that we produce in the United States goes into landfill, and college dining in the past has been notoriously wasteful. But you. You, Ken Tuong, have come up with some really cool ideas about how to minimize waste. And, and I just, you know, I want you to share some of those with the audience because they were just so simple. Just, you know, getting rid of trays. Can you talk a little bit about some of those ideas that you had and how you've uh, succeeded in reducing the waste at the UMass dining campuses? Yes, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, we know that um, you know, we in um, nations why we waste forty percent of food, forty percent food. But in our chemist dining, I think our average waste about fifteen percent. And what we had done, many many of us had uh, took away the tray because it helped us reduce about thirty percent of food costs. Yeah. And same thing as well too. When we look at the food waste in the last volume uh, uh, production, like ours, is we we tackle two things. One is uh, Pre-consumer waste. One is post-consumer waste. When I say the pre-consumer waste, is lots of the waste are come from the overproduction because mm-hmm. uh, when you serve so many uh, f- uh, meals a day, you know our chefs, you know, tend to be produce more than they need. Even though that we have a program, you know, many us have a program in place. Uh, uh, forecast how many food they should produce. What we have done is we change the culture. We said, let's just like uh, 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 use a technology. We know how much we project uh, we use uh, given the whole uh, meal period. The next thing you do is we should uh, know that based on the history, based on the time of the day, based on manual choice, can we make it uh, not prepare uh, ready more than 50 minutes of time 
So get into you know using your mind example because yeah we're very big and so on. But essentially, you know, we have the, so many location, each location, just like one college or in each station, just right. just like many uh, like a restaurant. So we ask our chef though is just in time, you know, using the example like. Uh, Asians uh, stir fry, you know, uh, what they do. They prepare the food, they don't cook them, right? Right. So by saying that, it's like a turkey, you know, we, you know, why to put all turkey all at once? Can we prepare them, cook them, and some bread in stages? And and then so the food are fresher and better. Same thing we do as well to repartner we with a uh, company, and then uh, it's to it's a lean path. Essentially, they have a system to help us to measure, you know, uh, the ways that went in, uh, that went into uh, into a composting, right. and then uh, composting to us is a waste, you know, because um, uh, when we have food left left over, we can uh, we can um, use it next day or put it on the uh, freezer. But when we uh, cook composting, we put we quantify them how much uh, 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 a pound of uh, uh, chickens uh, we went into composting, and we also put uh, employees' name in it. And then the whole idea is get our employee to involve with uh, with uh, with a. Uh, 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 with the whole program, so that right. they feel that I'm not going to uh, produce more food because uh, it's food is a is a is precious thing, and then we need to more just in time and more efficient. As meantime, right. we also uh, uh, create this culture. If uh, uh, less food waste, we can buy better ingredients and then serve our students better. And then so all uh, like a, a cycle here, yeah. and then. Uh, now the you know when 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 um, they produce the food and then the the chef will look at the production sheet and how much you produce something is instead of produce everything at once uh, can we uh, finish it uh, uh, in different time frame and right. that really help us uh, uh, just in time is so important to us and then by removing the tray and then the student now you know and also one thing we do as well too is our portion size small our portion size compared to the restaurant yeah is uh, we serve three ounce protein for lunch, four ounce for dinner, you know. Yeah. And then even a dessert is uh, probably half the size we just served, you know, uh, 15 years ago. And and we also notice uh, a student, they want a little bit of everything. They do not want to go to one station, uh, that's all. So right. by saying that, though, and everybody help together, and we do food way, I think, good thing to do, and also, you know, able to uh, have some cost saving at the same time, plus we can buy more local and buy things more sustainable, you know, and healthier for our students as well. It's just fabulous. Ken, you are clearly a leader in your industry. I hope that everyone is uh, paying attention closely in your, you know, all of your your cohorts uh, in campus dining because, um, you know, more people need to be thinking the way you do. I mean, just the idea of just getting rid of a tray so that a kid cannot pile on dish after dish after dish. They have to literally just take one thing at a time or two things at a time, you know, whatever they carry in their hands. And then you don't end up having like this huge amount of food that at the end of the day they throw away. It's just, I mean, that was so simple and so brilliant. So anyway, unfortunately we have to wrap it up here. Um, but I want to thank Thank you so much for joining me today. This is really interesting as I knew it would be. Um, and I tell people where they can learn more about UMass campus dining and about your philosophy of dining. 
You're a great guy, Ken. It was such a pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thanks to my um, sponsor, Tabard Inn, and to my engineer, Jack Inslee, as always. We'll see you next week. We'll be talking Chipotle. Again, another conversation about scale and food waste. Uh, my guest will be Chris Arnold, and I'm looking forward to talking to him. So um, see you next week, folks. Have a great week. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.